Welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to follow their passions and find their purpose in order to live their best life. Want to learn how you can live an offbeat life or share your own experiences? Maybe get some advice from people who have been there. Then join our Facebook group, The Offbeat Life. Again, that's The Offbeat Life. I'll see you there. Today I am talking to Evie Farrell, a single mom of daughter Emmy and creator of Mom Pack Travel. For over 20 years, Evie lived a conventional life until the death of a close friend allowed her to reevaluate her life and how she's been spending it with her daughter Emmy. Evie realized that she'd rather provide her daughter with amazing experience in her early years than give Emmy material things but cost her time away from her daughter. Evie decided to take Emmy out of school to travel the world and have never looked back. They have traveled for over 17 months until returning to Australia recently to earn more money so they can travel again. Evie and Emmy's journey is so special because they have really allowed us to realize how it can be accessible to provide this unconventional and experience-rich education for a child. I hope you enjoy this beautiful conversation with Evie as much as I have. Hi Evie, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your incredible offbeat lifestyle with us. Can you fill in the gaps of your story and why you live an offbeat life? Of course. My daughter Emily and I have been traveling now for about 15 months and we've been traveling around Asia. We're from Sydney, Australia. Um, So it was probably almost two years ago now that I realized that I wasn't really spending any time with Em. I was working as most of us do and spending most of my time at work and not much time with Emily. And unfortunately, you know, for many of us, that's how things are now. We need to earn money to live and it ends up taking us away from our family and where we'd rather be. Um, After one of my very close friends passed away uh, and she had two small children, I realized that, you know, if that had been me, I would... I would not have known my daughter and she wouldn't have known me. So I felt that I needed to do something, you know, really drastic, I guess, to be able to spend time with Emily because I couldn't afford to do it and live in Sydney because it's just so expensive to live there. So the option for me was to use my savings um, that I'd been, you know, putting away so that I could renovate the kitchen because I was kind of in that zone of wanting to do things to make my life prettier and and focused on material things and and I took that money and I quit my job and we rented out our house and um, yeah we left Sydney in February 2016. Wow that is a really huge transition I mean for you obviously and for anyone and losing a friend can be a huge factor to that and it really makes you think about what your life is like. Absolutely Um, I think when you lose a a friend and someone or anyone who's you know a big part of your life and someone who you love and admire is you know apart from being heartbreaking um it's a big wake-up call because I, I think we you know we generally live thinking that bad things aren't going to happen well I did anyway um so I guess for me it was just a realization that 
every moment is precious. Um, and also a realization that I'd fallen into a routine that I'd been doing for the last, you know, I suppose 20 years. I've always traveled. I, In fact, it was 20 years ago this month that I left on my first backpacking trip with my best friend. And we backpacked around Asia and all through the Middle East. Uh, and, and since then, you know, I'd still, I'd still traveled and I've done really big trips. But at the same time, I was in the corporate world. So I was spending most of my time working or getting to and from work. So the wake up for me was that life doesn't have to be like that. And I really needed to pull myself together and spend more time with the one thing that was the most valuable to me, which was my daughter. I am not a parent myself, but I work with children and I work with parents who work and it's really difficult for you because you know you are doing something to make a living and you both need it and your children need it, but it's also really difficult because you want to spend that time with them. I mean, that's a really incredible thing that you did was to take that huge leap and and finally do that. And you know, I think you're very right about working parents as well because it's it's this it's so weird that what we do to make sure our kids have a great life actually takes us away from them and what they would love, you know, which is us by their side. So I think all, you know, working parents um, are in this predicament to a degree. Obviously, it's not just us. I think we all face very, very similar struggles and we're very fortunate to be able to make a huge change like this. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't have the answers for people, but I think for us it's certainly been very life-changing and, we're, we're, yeah, we're very fortunate that we were able to take this time. I think a lot of people, if they're not able to feel that loss from something really huge, there's so much fear that comes from it. But like you said, you really have to look at your life and just see what you're doing and if it's making sense and it's what you really want to do. Yes, like I absolutely did. And I think it's really hard because we're not brought up to leave our life, our traditional life at, at home and go traveling, that's that's never given to us as an option. I know for me what was what was presented to me is, you know, the same as, as my parents and as, as my peers and everyone around me, which is to go to school, go to university and um, get a job and then work in the corporate world and move up the ladder and get married and get a mortgage and have a child and that's the way that it is and it's not wrong by any means and it suits a lot of people but I think um, in many instances it's something that we don't really think about critically and by critically I mean we don't really think about are there other ways to do things, are there other ways that are going to make us happy and satisfied because that's certainly not the only way but I think that's what makes it difficult to make a change because we're not conditioned to think that we can break out of that. And I know there's a lot of people who do, but I think for most of us, and I include myself, I didn't really think until this big thing happened in my life. You know, Evie, it's really inspiring as well that you've done this as a parent because I see a lot of women do this as a solo traveler and taking off, but it's rare for, for a mom, a single parent, to do this with her child. 
And that's why your story is so inspiring to many because there's a lot of parents out there that feel like they can't do this, but you went against the odds and you proved that you can do this, absolutely do this. It's really lovely to hear, you know, those kind of comments about being inspirational, but to me it just it just really made sense. Um, so it didn't it wasn't very difficult. And we found I found along the way that it hasn't actually been very difficult, with the exception of M schooling, which has been difficult. But apart from that, it's been really easy. So we're really lucky in that way. Um, but I think it's also it's very achievable for any family who who wants to have this kind of a break or this kind of a lifestyle. When you just see other people's lives and you see it and you say, well. I can't do that because I have this and it's it's easy to to dream about it but it's harder to actually do it you're always going to be stuck with the dreaming if you don't actually go out and do it and like you said it's it's actually easier than what you may have thought it would have been so can you tell us what the biggest setback that you have faced while trying to achieve this journey and how are you able to overcome it one of the amazing things about having a whole heap of time while you're traveling is how much smaller uh, things seem when they go wrong. Because I think when you're traveling on a holiday, if something goes wrong, very panicked because you think, oh my gosh, I've only got five days or seven days or 10 days. This can't happen. Now I'm going to be sick for three days. And it's all a big drama. And when you're traveling for a long time and something happens like an illness, well, you just stop and you just wait to get better. And then you just move on again. I think it's maybe part attitude, but also definitely has a whole lot to do with having a lot of time to be able to manage things really easily when they go wrong. Um, and ongoing, I don't know if I'd call it a setback, but I'd call it a challenge is Emily's schooling because we just butt heads over that every day. So it hasn't been as successful as I would have liked, but the way that I've managed that is by putting her into international school in Vietnam and so we've stopped there for a few months you know that's also turning something that was challenging and and kind of negative into a real positive that's really true you have so much more time so you're not feeling rushed or pressure because you have to go back home I guess that's one of the huge perks about traveling indefinitely or you know until you decide to go back let's let's go back and then talk about Evie's education while you guys are on the road I know you said you put her in the school in Vietnam but how are you able to educate her while you are traveling in other countries to use any internet resources homeschool programs yeah, we're really lucky because in New South Wales, which is the state we're from in Australia, they have a distance education program as part of the public school system. So all I had to do was enroll Emily in that. And then they gave us so much material to take with us, um, you know, maths kits and protractor sets and pens and crayons and paints. I mean, which was wonderful, but, you know, we carry one backpack. So there are a lot of kids across the Philippines that have brand new <laughs> crayons and textures from us. But um, we, so we had to carry a lot of material with us, which is probably the only downside to this program because it's just so well done. There is a whole little school in Sydney, in Surrey Hills in Sydney, Australia, that is dedicated 
to families who, for whatever reason, their children can't physically attend school. And so they do distance ed and each class has a teacher and the class does uh, sessions together online and then kids have one-on-one lessons as well. There's a choir practice, uh, there's there's reading programs, there's, there's so much and it's just a really, really, really wonderful program. The downside to, uh, for us, which is nothing to do with the program and how wonderful it is, it's just to do with um, I guess learning styles and Emily learning from me because it's been a real challenge for us the whole time and to be perfectly honest it has not been easy at all and so yeah the way that we manage that is international schooling and so happy with what she's learning while we're on the road outside of that uh, formal school program because every day for her is learning. So today we were learning about sand because she noticed that some sand on the beach he was very fine and some was very coarse. Uh, We've also had a couple of sessions with marine biologists at the resorts here that we've stayed at. So there's just so much learning that happens as you're traveling and there is a whole community devoted to world schooling as well that people can access on Facebook um or actually I think that's probably the main channel like the world schoolers I think it's called on Facebook and that's just this really awesome community of traveling families that share information together and um it's just yeah all about kids learning as they go and learning about the world around them rather than um through a formal program I'm an educator myself and I really believe in that because You can only learn so much from books. It's so much better when your child actually feels and touches and experiences all of these things in person. Sometimes you do get bored reading the books, but I think it's not as easy to get bored when you're snorkeling (laughs) and seeing the fish fish in front of you (laughs) and touching them and feeling sand in your hand and you're actually there by the water. So... Uh, that's that's really great. Thank you for that knowledge about the world school that you are mm. a part of. And I'm sure a lot of people would love to definitely learn about that information as well. Mm. Let's also talk about how this affected M too, because it's completely different from the way you lived your life in Australia and then going to South Southeast mm. Asia and just social consciousness and her learning that there's different ways of people living because that's another thing that you're teaching her as well and I I really believe that when you travel you learn how to be more accepting of different cultures. What I really love about this experience is that M really just sees differences as being very normal and I think you know that's that's the real beauty of children is until they learn um, that being different is you know, potentially wrong or negative, uh, they are just very open and accepting. And I find that with Em, like the exposure that she's had to different cultures and religion and ways of living, poverty, um, I find that she's very accepting. She's also very empathetic towards people because she can see people struggling and she's been exposed to that now. And I really like seeing that very caring side of her and I feel like, you know, she's also very aware. We're very strongly against riding elephants. So 
you know, it's a good opportunity to let your listeners know that if they are in Asia, that they should never ride elephants because it's a very, it's a very cruel practice. And I was really aware of that and she really advocates for better elephant welfare and care throughout Asia just by raising awareness on our social channels. And another thing that I'm really conscious of and that M um, is really into now as well because she's heard me talk about it a lot and it's all around taking photographs of children. So, of course, you know, when we're in Asian countries, a lot of uh, people there like taking M's photo because she's blonde and she's mm -hmm. she's a young child and she's cute <laughs> but you know as tourists we also do that a lot and I don't think we even think about it so a lot of the time when we're on holidays we just go up and snap photos of of children and then put it on social media and I don't know why but I think a lot of the time it doesn't cross people's mind to ask their permission it doesn't cross their mind to ask the parents permission or to you know feel or to be aware of that imbalance of power in even asking someone who's living in poverty can I take a photo of your child people are so into social media and obviously we all use that but sometimes you are so into it and you're not realizing that the people that you're taking photographs of and they may not want their pictures taken I think it's really important as tourists that uh, that we think about our impact and you kind of think about the kind of tourist that you want to be because we are guests in other people's countries and I think you know we just want to make a really positive impact and one of the other things I did was give blood in the children's hospital in Siem Reap in Cambodia so that's a really awesome way that you can give back to the country that you're visiting because um, across Asia they really do need they do need blood. That's a great way to do that because I'm sure they have a lot of need for that as well. Let's talk about one of the biggest sacrifices that you had to make in order to to do this lifestyle. What was that? This trip has just given me so much more than what I could have had at home. And yeah, I have. There's nothing. There is absolutely nothing that I've sacrificed for this trip. That's a perfect answer because that just makes us all want to be like, oh, my gosh, then we have to do this. <laughs> we have to take that leap. <laughs> Look, let me tell you, like when I was leaving, some I, honestly, my family was so supportive. My friends were all really supportive. Some some people would say things like, well, what will you do if you can't get a job when you come back? Or what if you can't? I don't know. What if you can't rent your house? when while you're away and there'll be like many concerns that are so far into the future you can't solve those you don't know what's going to happen in your life I don't know what's going to happen in my life and I think people can get stuck on focusing on these what ifs what if we go away and then I come back and I can't get a job well you don't know what's going to happen so don't let some concern far off in the future stop you from doing something that's going to be so beneficial to your life right now and I think once you can get out of that mindset then there really aren't any roadblocks if you've got your finances in order and you can afford it and you can you know you choose how you're going to educate your children and all that kind of stuff there shouldn't be any blocks for you everything once you leave from my experience it's just really, really good. It's really good. <laughs> Did you feel like, oh my goodness, I wish I would have done this sooner? 
like what was stopping me. <laughs> I do, and again, that's what when I've thought about that, I've I've really realized that I was kind of stuck in that routine, like on that train where I wasn't really thinking and just doing the same thing over and over. But I mean, I'm lucky because I mean I've been working for 20 years now before I decided to go. So financially, I was in a position where. I can make it happen. So, for, yeah, of course, I wish that way, way back in my life I'd realised that I didn't have to go down a corporate path. And there's opportunities to do anything. And I guess that's really the, the real message is that we don't have to follow a certain path. If there's something that you're passionate about, just take the chance and do it because that's what I've done and it's, really been the best decision that I've ever made. For a lot of people who think that way as well, like I wish I would have done this. Well, you have the time to do it now. You don't want to go 20 years from now or 10 years from now, five years from now and say, I wish I would have done it then because your present is when you can do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I know you guys don't usually have a routine, but can you tell us what an average day for the both of you looks like? I wake up I wake up really early and she's usually snoozing. Well, we're most often in warm places, so we'll get up and we'll have a swim usually at the beach or if we're lucky enough to be staying somewhere that has a swimming pool. But then we have breakfast and we're generally, like I have to teach myself to not do something because especially when it's a really good day weather-wise, hang out at one of the small cafes on the beach, do some schoolwork, I do some work. Um, and we'd go somewhere for lunch, and then probably the same thing in the afternoon. <laughs> Your daily routine sounds incredible, Evie. <laughs> I know, I know. And when I repeat it, I'm like, what, really? Is that what we do? Because it's so opposite to what we used to do. But you know what? It is pretty cruisy. You can make your life like this, and that's the thing. I think it's crazy that... Probably 18, 19 months ago, I was like on the train for work at quarter to seven in the morning and I would sit on the train for an hour and 20 minutes and I'd go and sit at my desk for whatever, however long, 10 hours probably. And then I would get back on the train and I'd sit for another hour and 20 minutes and I'd go home and I'd have a few minutes with M, and then I'd eat dinner and go to bed and I'd get up and do it all over again. And people, that's so many people do it and people do it, you know, more hours than I do. And I think if you're fortunate enough to be in a position where you can change that and if that's something you want to do, obviously, then you really should. Because one of the other things is we see a lot of people who, because of poverty, don't have the opportunity to do the kind of things that we do. And we're really mindful of that, that we're really fortunate I think if you have the opportunity to make something more of your life, if you want to, if you want to see more of the world, if you want to expose your kids to different cultures and religion and show them what's out there, then I think, you know, you kind of have an obligation to do that because there are so many people in the world who can't. They just can't. They can't do that. They don't have the opportunity. And if you do, then, you know, take it. That's a really great reminder for everybody because you're right. You know, not many people, not a lot of people can do what what we can do. And we're so privileged that we are having this opportunity. So we should take advantage of it. There's so many people that would like to do it, but it's just not 
doable. Let's talk about money because money is one of the biggest turtles when you're trying to achieve this kind of lifestyle, and that's really a lot of people's fears. How were you able to fund your travels, and how do you continue to create income while you're traveling abroad?、Uh, so I funded probably the first twelve months or close to it with savings that I had. So I was going to put a new kitchen into our house. And that's really expensive. Like renovations in America, I know I've seen the TV shows. Like you guys, it's so <laughs> cheap over there. In Australia, it costs around thirty thousand dollars to put in a reasonable kitchen. So I had a lot saved. Yeah, it's crazy. Bathrooms are about twenty at least. So I had a lot of money saved for that. And I think by the time I left, I had about twenty-four because like I quit to pack up the house, and then I tidied up some things around the house and the backyard and. Paid for storage and all that kind of stuff. So I had that money, and then I also rent our house out, and our mortgage is very small there, so I get income from rent as well, and that's that's pretty good. That's a couple of thousand dollars a month. So I have that. So that kept me going for quite some time, and I think I'm in deficit now. So I've gone into like a little bit of extra money that I have that I shouldn't have,、um, but. Lately, I've been able to start earning a bit of money just through writing、um, guests like stories in magazines and doing some、uh, sponsored posts on my blog, so some advertising, and also doing that on Instagram as well. So I get a little bit of money that way, but it all kind of adds up. And Asia is very cheap to live. So in Vietnam, we could live for about fifty, sixty dollars a day. You know, people ask like, "How much can you live on in certain countries?" But I think the question that you need to ask yourself first is, "What am I comfortable?、Uh, what level am I comfortable living at? Like, are you comfortable staying in hostels?、Um, are you comfortable staying in guest houses? Like, what kind of accommodation do you want, and will you be okay with living in?" And then again, like about the food, can you eat street food? Because if you can, it will cost you a couple of dollars a day to eat. But if that's not your thing and you want to eat in restaurants, then it's going to cost you a little bit more.、Um, and are you okay jumping on local buses? Because again, that's another couple of dollars. Like it's so cheap in Sri Lanka to travel in buses. But if you want to. Hire a car or get a taxi. It's really, really expensive. So you need to work out how you're going to travel, and then you need to start investigating how much it costs. It's all about your comfort level, right? Anything is doable、yeah. if you allow yourself to do something maybe out of your comfort zone that. You may not have done when you were home. It's really beautiful how you're also able to earn the income from your real estate, and then now from your travels. So not only are you enjoying、yeah. it, but you're also earning money—a little bit of money from it. I think you know a lot of people、um, earn a lot of money off social media.、Uh, for me, though, I don't want to spend more time than I already do on the computer or on the phone because that's not why. Em and I are traveling, and that's you know that can be a hard balance to get right because I love Instagram. I could like sit on there for hours. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> But I think, oh my gosh, look where I am! Get off the phone. You know, these days a lot of people can do their job remotely, so that could possibly be an option 
for people as well. And then there's things like um, like a friend of ours, Karina, in Vietnam. She's Australian and she was teaching English and that was face-to-face while she was there. But you can also do online English teaching um, in China. So you teach students over the internet. There's a lot of stuff that you can do. It's just a matter of researching. And so potentially there's ways that you can fund your trip or earn money while you're on the road. There's so many different ways of doing it. And for a lot of people, that is the biggest hurdle. But if you just do the legwork and do the research, you'll find ways to do it. And again, it's about your comfort level. Yeah, absolutely. And like there's so many ways that you can save money and it's all about priorities. So it is perhaps just rejigging your priorities around what's important to you and not buying the things that you think you need. Because I tell you, when I packed up our house, I had thousands of dollars of stuff that I bought that Emily and I absolutely had to have that we'd never used or was still in the packets. Um, you know, and I think everyone's like that to a degree. So it's about think. And you know, we've lived out of a backpack for 15 months. So we don't need all that stuff. Sometimes we're just throwing money away and we don't even know where it's going. I am a thief of my own wallet, or I have been, and that saying has stuck with me. You don't want to be a thief of your own wallet. Keep it in there. Don't take it out and give it to other people unless you have to. <laughs> it's especially true, I think, for children that they don't really need a lot of things. They just need food in their belly and clothes on their back and everything else. It's. I think it's us as adults that we really want to give them everything, but Really, it's the experience and the time they spent with you as parents that's the most valuable to them. And that's what they're really going to remember the most is what you did together. So now many people have heard your story and you've been in the media and a lot are amazed of what you've been able to accomplish and done with your daughter in the last 15 months. What advice would you give anyone who wants to do something similar but don't know where to start or they're just really afraid to take that leap my immediate reaction is to say just do it what what actually is stopping you like just do it and I think that you know if people do let go of those fears and just give traveling a shot if they are really passionate about it and they want to do it yeah do it you know you if you don't like it you go home and I really don't think that you won't like it. I think you'll love it. Um, but I understand that people may want to take it slow. So my advice is to just really like save and, and look into where you want to go and and work out a budget and, um, you know, how long you want to be away for and just start doing some planning because every step you take with planning is a step closer to actually going on your adventure. But maybe set yourself a deadline so you don't end up planning for the next 10 years. In my experience, it has just been the best thing I've ever done. It's been the best thing for Emily. It's been the best thing for us. And I just, I wouldn't change it. And it does still feel like I'm living a dream because it really is that great. It really is. I think, too, the biggest part of why it's so great for you is because you took that step and you took that leap and you found your adventure. And obviously, everyone is not going to have the same type of experiences. But the biggest part is just doing it for yourself and knowing that you wanted to do this and you actually did it. 
you know, whatever it is, whether it's traveling or doing something completely different as a job and completely new career, it's just, you know, just doing something that you've wanted to do and not stopping yourself because we are our worst critic and enemy in a lot of ways, (laughs) you know? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I think I was just really lucky with, I guess, timing and that finding something that I, you know, I, before we left, I was, having a conversation with my friend and she said you know traveling does make you happy and it does it makes me so happy and being with M makes me happy so I've kind of combined (laughs) all the things that are best in my life and that's why it is probably so good I'm not saying that there aren't challenging times because there are of course there are definitely challenging times but over and above those challenges yeah it is it is really, really fabulous. You are living your dream. And that's why even when you are faced with obstacles, you just keep going because this is what you love to do. And I think too, once you're doing something that you are really enjoying, all of those little things, the little setbacks, they don't amount to much because you know you're doing something that you still love. I think the setbacks and the negatives become really huge when you know this is not something that you really want to do. I, do, I think you're so right. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, Evie, if our listeners want to know more about your journey with with Emmy, where can they find you? Yes, so we're on Facebook and Instagram, and the name is Mumpack Travel, and that's mum with an M-U-M-P-A-C-K, Mumpack Travel. And we have a blog that's mumpacktravel.com. So, yeah, you can find us there. Instagram is where we are most of the time. So, and that's where we post all our photos and I write about our day-to-day. I write about the good, I write about the bad, I write about, yeah, everything that's going on. So, yeah, that's where you'll find us. Thank you so much, Evie, for joining me and for sharing all of this beautiful information with our listeners. And we can't wait to see more from you and Emmy. Uh, It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Debbie. It was great to talk to you. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Evie. Make sure to check out theoffbeatlife.com for killer resources and so much more. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com. One of the best things about having an offbeat life for me is being able to travel anywhere in the world and doing what I love. But like most people, we are always so busy that we cannot go through all of these different sites to compare all of the prices. But guess what? Skyscanner will do that for you. Now, if you visit offbeatflight.com, again, that's offbeatflight, F-L-I-G-H-T.com, you can find all of these deals in one spot with Skyscanner.